Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to have you here at Northstar for this third week in our playbook series. Just for the record, if I wanted my hair to look like that, I could. All right, I just want you to know that. It might be gray, but I could do it. His hair game is not that good. All right, but anyways, so I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take out your Bibles. Turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to camp out, where we're going to be here in just a couple minutes. You were given your notes on the way in. You've got a little blank area to fill in there. If you go, man, I would love to know the actual blanks that come. You can go to North Star Church, Georgia in the app store and pull up the app and all the notes are in there and they're great because you can email them to yourself and remind yourself of what you learned and all that kind of stuff. So all that's in there. This is week three, like I said, of the playbook series where we dive into the things that make North Star tick. We pause usually in August and January to remind ourselves of what makes us tick. Uh, The very first week of the series, we called it Signing Day, where we said what makes North Star tick are all the opportunities around campus to get out of the seats, being a spectator, and to step across the line and be a part of serving and giving and helping. And, and it's been amazing. Every week I've gotten to watch new people in all our different areas around. It's been really cool. Last week we talked about huddling up. And every team's got to get in a huddle. And we're only as good as our huddle. Last Sunday night, Ann and I, we had 14 coaches and couples at our house. And we huddled up. These are folks that coach for a living. But we get together and we open God's word together and remind ourselves of why we coach and why we do what we do. And huddling makes all the difference in the world. And God's heart for us is that we don't just see the backs of of somebody's head sitting in a row, but we actually circle up with them and there's a power in that. And so I know our small groups team is set up in the lobby today. If you're like, all right, we've thought about it. We want to learn more. We've got We've got young professionals groups. Wave just started this past week. We had over 200 college kids here Tuesday night. Isn't that awesome? That was awesome. They start at 8 o'clock when I'm watching the Braves. All right. And so, but anyways, they start really late for us, but they are killing it. You've got HSM, our high school ministry. We've got couples groups, singles groups, all kinds of stuff. They're going men's, women's. All that information's out there. And today we're going to talk about what it means to put on the uniform. What does it mean to wear the uniform? Why in the world, even from the beginning, has this uniform that we're going to talk about today meant something to this global church? So this isn't a, so just a preface, this isn't just a North Star idea. What we're doing is we're walking back into God's word and we're pulling it out, some principles. So if you've been at North Star any length of time, we walked for almost a year in the book of Acts. When we got to summer, we paused and we did the life of Elijah. We're going to finish playbook and we're going right back into Acts. And here's what we learned about this early church. This early church all came after, during the time of Jesus, this is crazy, there were about 72 followers of Jesus. That's, that's about, we had the disciples and some others that had sort of joined ranks. Well, Jesus is crucified on the cross, right? For, all right, little Bible test here. His sins or our sins? Which one? Ours, right? He's crucified for our sins. And, but here's the great thing. He didn't stay in there on Sunday morning. He got up and he came out 
and that resurrection was a game changer. And all of a sudden, these disciples now, which there are 11 of them because Judas has gone away, these disciples in this early group of followers, they caught fire because they saw the resurrected Savior. And this church that we know now was birthed, right? So this church begins to grow, and we have the day of Pentecost we talked about in Acts where 3,000 were saved in one day, which was incredible. And then all of a sudden, the church comes under attack, and the church gets scattered. And the whole book of Acts is basically about the, the, the story of who Jesus was spreading everywhere. It went like wildfire. So it started in Jerusalem, and it goes to Antioch and Corinth and Macedonia. And we're going to catch up today in, in Philippi. Jesus, before he left, looked at his 11. Now get this, and then we're going to dive in. He said this, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was the, the final charge. That was the, the locker room moment before the game started when he left. And they did just that, and that's where we pick up the story. Acts chapter 16. Would you all stand with me today in honor of reading God's Word together? Acts 16. We're going to start reading in verse 13. If at any point I'm saying something and you're not reading it right on the screens or in your Bible or on your phone, just look up and we'll, we'll chat about it real quick. On the Sabbath, we went a little way. This is Luke writing the book of Acts, right? On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank. So riverbanks, back during this time, that's where you would, we, we would congregate. You would wash down there or you would talk or drink or whatever. It was sort of a congregational area. So we went to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. All right, time out real quick. We, we learned this going back a little bit into the Acts series that any time in a community there were 10 Jewish men, you could always find a synagogue, right? So where they're at now, there must not be a synagogue because it's the Sabbath and Paul is at a riverbank, all right? So it's a big part of the story. So there's this group of people that have gathered there are believers in Yahweh, right? The God of the, God of the Jewish people, but they don't believe like Paul and them believe, but they've gathered, which is interesting because in this area that they're in, it is a very... Um, polytheistic area, meaning there's lots of gods being worshipped, but they're worshipping the one true God, but they're missing a puzzle piece to finish the puzzle, and that's what we get. Here we go. Where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some of the women who had gathered there. So it's a group of ladies that had gathered. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. So let me tell you about Lydia real quick. Lydia is a very wealthy business owner, right? She, it's really interesting that this, this person who is about to jump on the Jesus train, she is a maker of fine linens and purple. We know from being from Thyatira that she is of Asian descent, but yet she's in this area called Philippi, probably because she has a home there. So she is a, a fashion person that has probably multiple homes, has done very well, and believes in one God, but she's missing the one piece to the story. As she listened to us, the Lord, what's the next word? 
opened her heart. This is the way, so I did student ministry for a long time, and I still speak to students probably as much as I speak to adults. This is the way I always learn this, and I always remember it. That day, he gave her a heart with ears. All of a sudden, that day, she got it. How many of y'all have ever been sitting in school? You remember being back in school, and the light bulb came on. How many of y'all remember that? Raise your hand. If you didn't remember that, then I'm sorry for your school experience, all right? So that's the goal of education, right? For the light to come on. That day, the light came on for her. And she opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her whole household were what? What does it say next? And she asked us to be her guest. If you agree, and I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. I'm sure it was a nice home, and I'm sure they were tired. I'm sure it was great. But that day, Lydia put on the uniform. That day, Lydia changed jerseys. And today, that's what we're going to talk about for us. Would you pray with me? Father, may you open our hearts like you opened her heart. And Father, would you give us hearts with ears today that we can hear your story, we can hear your truth, and that, God, you can change us through that truth. And Father, that is my prayer And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, I want you to turn around and say, the Braves need to play earlier in the evening. Do that real quick. Do that real quick. How many of y'all stayed up and watched the game last night? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. So if you didn't know the Braves won, if you're like, who are the Braves? How did you end up at North Star? All right, it's the question I've got for you. How did you end up here? So the Braves had a great late night hit. And so I w- actually woke up and saw it happen. So I didn't see it. And then I woke up and saw it. It was awesome. Um, why the uniform? Why baptism? This is really interesting. So today, all over the world, there are churches, right? So North Star is a little C church, meaning we are not the end game of church. We're just a church, right? We're not, you know, you're not gonna die and go to heaven and God's gonna say, show me your live scent magnet, all right? That's not gonna happen, right? And so we're just a little C church. This is our expression. This is where, this is our place. But literally all over the world from America to Canada to Haiti to Nicaragua to Honduras to China to Japan to the Dominican, there are people worshiping in their, their style and their way, and we all look really different. The forms of worship are really different, right? Um, the way they express it is really, really different. But there's a uniformity to it, too. And the uniformity is this thing called baptism. Now, why is it such a big deal? And, it, and listen, so let me just put this out real quick. This wasn't Mike, Mike's idea. This was Jesus's idea. <clears throat> and he laid it out there in that early church. So we left you three little blanks there. We know this. Jesus commands every follower to be baptized. And we're going to talk about the significance of that in a second. He commands every follower to be baptized. And it started... In Matthew 28, with his disciples, right? Go into all the world, 
make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And listen, baptism literally represents, it's, a, it's, it's our, our picture of going under. It means to, baptizio means to submerge, right? So he commands every follower to do it. Second, water baptism is the symbolic outward sign that Jesus has changed us. So when we accept Christ, right, that is a personal, it is the most personal decision you can make. And, and I don't see it. So sometimes people raise their hand, sometimes they find a card, sometimes they don't. I don't see that happen. How do we know it happened? Well, we know it happened when people are baptized. And so like people will ask me, y'all don't do, how many of y'all grew up in a church that Pastors stood down front, and at the end, people would walk down and talk to a pastor, and then they would present them to the church. How many of y'all grew up that way? Raise your hand. Okay. I grew up that way, too. So people go, why don't we do that at North Star? Where are you going to come to, and where are we going to take you? I got two stairwells. That's all I got. All right? And so we don't. So how do we know that people have made that decision? We, we know that people made that decision when they're baptized right? It's the, we, we say it this way, it's the outward expression of an inward change. Third part, baptism in the New Testament. Baptism in the New Testament always follows a person coming to faith in Christ, always follows a person. And here's the catch, and this, this is sort of, for some of us, this is our sticking point because we were baptized as a child, and we feel like to do that again will make that not important. So let, let's talk about that real quick. So if I accepted Christ later, baptism comes after salvation. So maybe you were sprinkled, maybe you made a decision. So when I was 12, I'll tell you my story. When I was 12 years old, um, my family, my mom and dad were both Christ followers and my sister was still at home at the time, and we joined a church, and they were already Christians. And so I went down front. I was not yet a Christian, but I went to church every Sunday, which should count for something, right? And so I went every Sunday, not because I chose to, but my mom and dad drug me there. And so I went every Sunday, and I remember a deacon leaning over my shoulder. He drank coffee that morning. I do remember that. All right. And so he leaned over my shoulder, and he said, have you ever been baptized? And I went, no. And he said, would you like to be? And I always like crowds. I'm like, sure. All right, that sounds great. And so I got baptized right after that. It was awesome. The problem was I didn't know Christ. I was 12. My, when I was 14, just through a crazy chain of events, I don't have time to tell you about, but I accepted Christ. And I remember this being a sticking point for me. And I went to my youth pastor and I'm like, what should I do? And he's like, well, Mike, you should be baptized again. Because it came after your salvation. See, here's the, here's the catch. The catch is, I want everybody to get this. So let's make sure we're all getting this. You do not need baptism to go to heaven. Salvation is all you need to go to heaven. Okay, so get that. That's very important. Salvation is Knowing who Jesus is, that he lived for me, he died for me, he rose again just for me. That, that is the thing. Why is baptism important? Because it's our chance to put on his uniform to tell his story. Does that make sense to everybody? Baptism is our opportunity to wear it together. 
So let's, let's dive into the outline, all right? Three things, really, really simple, really, really easy this morning. So what's the message of baptism? Number one, we learn it from Lydia. I have a new coach. I have a new coach. When we, when we are baptized, and here's the word I want you to write down, ready? It's the word surrender, right? I'm surrendering going, I'm not calling the shots of my life anymore. I'm not in charge of my life anymore. I've got a new owner. That's what baptism represents, right? I got a new, I'm under new ownership. See, in our world, we are raised to call our own shots. We're called to do, raised to do our own thing and to tell our own story. Lydia, business owner, do you know what's really interesting about Lydia? Almost every scholar agrees she was the first convert, first Christ follower of Europe. Isn't that interesting? She's the very first one. It all, everything that happened in Europe began from Lydia's life and her surrender to a new coach. I have a new coach. Look at the, what she said. If you agree, she looks at Paul and Luke and the crew. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, come and stay with me. See, baptism means I've given over my life, and it is outward. Now, here's the crazy part. Everybody look at me. Today, you get baptized, everybody celebrates it. You may have some friends go, really, what are you doing? But most likely, it'd be about it. When you were baptized then, you had a big problem. So the Jews said, oh, you've chosen a false Messiah. He's not the real Messiah. So the religious leaders of the Jews had a big problem with you. The other people in Rome or in Philippi that were not Christ followers, you're, you're saying you're identifying with something nobody else believed. You can lose your business over it. You can lose your life over it. Lydia was saying today, I've got a new coach. But look at the second part. I have new teammates. I have new teammates. She exchanged her uniform for her team uniform. And our team uniform is baptism. That's the one thing that we believe as a church that unites us is baptism. Um, I'm wearing a new uniform. So this summer, crazy chain of circumstances, or last spring, Matt Ryan, longtime quarterback of the Falcons, he got traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts, all the NFL teams have started their preseason game. I have a very strong feeling if Matt Ryan had come out in his black and red Falcons number two jersey, it wouldn't have gone over well in Indianapolis. What did he wear? He wore his new what? New uniform. New jersey. And Matt was entrenched with the Falcons. I remember when I started doing the Falcons uh, in 08, and Matt was coming in those early, I don't remember his rookie year, but I think it was right around then, I was doing chapel, and we're sitting there in the little lobby waiting to go in and speak, and the chaplain of the team said, hey, Mike, I want you, to, I want you and Casey to meet somebody. And we turned, and, and Casey was in eighth grade, and they said, and he said, I want you to turn around and meet somebody. And it was Matt Ryan. And Matt takes off his hat. He leans down to Casey and he said, hi, my name's Matt. I remember that. And Casey's like, oh, I know who you are, right? And so we, we all know who you are. But you get a new uniform. 
Freddie Freeman wears what uniform now? The Dodgers. We won't go into that. But anyway, so there's a lot, there's a lot there to unpack. That he wears a Dodger uniform. That's his uniform. It didn't sound like he wanted to wear the uni, but he's wearing it. See, when, when we accept Christ, we outwardly put on this uniform. And guess what? We get new teammates. And we identify with not just this local body called North Star, but friends at Freedom and Cedar Crest and North Metro and Westridge and First Baptist Kennesaw and, and church, literally churches all over them, just name it, our local, local community, all over the world, Cobb Vineyard, all over the world, we have new teammates. And there's a pride in wearing the jersey, right? There's just a pride in it. There's a pride of going, that's my team. But look at the third part. I play for a different team than the world. Here, and here's, here's the interesting part. When we put on that jersey, we stand out. It's getting harder and harder to truly live for Christ in this world. See, the world's uniform is interesting because you can pretty much wear any jersey you want. You can do anything you want because you're your own coach. Just put anything you want on Facebook and somebody will agree with you, right? I mean, it's just the way the world works. You can put the craziest thing out there. Somebody go, I agree. Go for it, sister, right? I mean, it's just the way that the world works, right? So now that we have new teammates, man, I play for a different team than the world. And on this team... I'm now salt and light, and I'm accountable for it. Does that make sense to everybody? Now, here's the crazy part. The crazy part is, when I was in student ministry for a minute, back in the day, the word was if a person doesn't come to know Christ by the age of 14, 80 to 90% of them never will. So if somebody doesn't know, come to know Christ by the age of 14, 80, 90% of those people will never meet Christ. A few years ago, I was talking to a guy that's big in that area, and I said, is that still true? And he said, no, Mike, they've moved that number down to 12. 12. It's crazy. Back this summer, July the 10th, we had a worship night here at North Star. It was awesome. We'd had a great June I had run hard all spring with, with North Star was wide open. And I helped coach baseball team that played really, really deep in the playoffs. And I was, and then hit June just spinning. We were running. And July the 10th, we had worship night here. And I was tapped. I don't know if y'all ever get spent. I was spent. We were leaving on vacation two days after this and I was you ever get vacation in the in the front windshield and like you're just trying to get there how many of y'all have done that before I was just trying to get to vacation now I was looking forward to worship night I was trying to get to vacation and at worship night we did baptisms if you were here that night you know what I'm talking about it was a night I'll never forget because I was wrecked by a story of a lady who followed Jesus that night. We told the story that night, and she didn't follow him that night, she told the story that night. 
I wished everybody who calls North Star home could have seen the story. Because it was the picture of why baptism matters. But since you didn't get to see it, I wanted you to check it out, would you? But we get to celebrate an incredibly special baptism. I'm going to ask Miss Claudette Miller to come up here and join me. Would y'all give Miss Claudette a great round of applause? Come on up here. We got you. You get, you're surrounded by mics. You can't get it. You can't escape us. All right, you're good. You're good. We got you. We got you. Oh, yeah. Come on in. There we go. We got you. You're going to walk right down to that end. There we go. You're going to sit. That water's good and warm. Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? All right. One of my favorite things about North Star we baptize as many or more adults as we do kids here. We baptize a ton of kids. Miss Claudette, special night for you, isn't it? She said, I was born, baptized, and raised in a Catholic family. Once I was grown, I didn't attend any church. I moved to Georgia at the end of July of 2021 with my son and daughter-in-law had a baby girl. I met a few ladies at my apartment complex who told me about this great church named North Star. Oh, y'all money. Named North Star. I started coming in September and have been coming ever since. I had reached a point where I questioned how God would love me for being a sinner. On May the 14th, 2022, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. said, I talked to my family and told others the good news, and I'm ready for the next step to be baptized. I want you to know, sweet lady, you've made my year. You have made my year. Are you glad you moved to Georgia? For many reasons. Miss Claudette, do you know that Jesus Christ lives in your heart? Do you know that he recklessly chased you all these years so he could find you and you could find him? Did you know that? And you came to Georgia to see a baby, that he got you to Georgia not just see a baby, but to find his love that's been chasing you all those years. Miss Claudette, it is my honor and my privilege now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in his death and raised to walk in newness of life. Welcome home, sweet lady. Welcome home. (laughs) 
Miss Claudette right here. Would y'all welcome Miss Claudette this morning? what it's all about, isn't it? Never too old, never too far to find the love of Jesus. I want you to know some more of her story. Check this out, would you? I accepted Jesus Christ, my Savior, on May 14th, uh, 2022, in Jan's apartment. And uh, we prayed on it. And uh, I uh, had been thinking about being baptized. And so I just wanted to take the next step and uh, signed up to be baptized. And uh, just the night of my baptism, I just, I, I got to church and I immediately was crying. And then the songs, some of the songs just make me cry and, and the water was just so warm and I just felt like God was right there with me. And um, then you uh, just started asking me the questions and, uh, I was answering and crying very hard, and uh, I, I, I know it was God who just after I was baptized made my arms sh- shoot up in the air. I just had no control over that. I, I was like, she was praising the Lord that night. Now I just hope that I can help somebody find their way to uh, North Star Church for their eternal home. And like my two friends helped me find North Star. Your obedience blessed everybody, right? Your obedience to invite her, your obedience to get her to Bible study, your obedience to get her to church, your obedience to follow the Lord in salvation. And then we were all blessed that night because of someone else's obedience and uh, it it wrecked me. I mean, it was a night that I, I left here and was just overwhelmed. And that wasn't just me, everybody who watched it online, the responses we were getting back was unbelievable. Listen, when her arms went straight up, it's like there was a rush to me of the Holy Spirit. He just told us all to stand up and we did. Everybody just stood up and started clapping. I thought, well, well, I didn't plan to do that, you know? And it was like it was beyond me. (laughs) For me, it was um, just a very endearing time because we got to see the whole thing play out. Um, You came to church, you went to uh, the small group Bible studies with Barbara, all of the sermons and all the things that you heard all brought you to then your salvation moment um, and then your baptism. Wow, what what a wonderful thing. And for me, seeing two very young people, a child who was 11 and a middle school boy, I think he was middle school, and then one of our peers, it just shows it's never too late, people. because there's so many pieces of that story. You have 
two ladies in an apartment community that don't assume anything. They just lived sin. And you got Miss Claudette, who started to come because of the love of two friends. She didn't know. You know, we make an assumption when somebody's older, well, then they know the Lord. Not always. And in a worship service, she hears the story, and then she sits in an apartment and asks Jesus in her heart. And then this summer, she puts on the uniform. And we all are blessed. See, sitting in the compass today, True North today, out on uh, the patio today, online today, there's, there's people that are where Miss Claudette was. It's like we are around it, but we just don't get it. All of a sudden, boom, the light comes on and we're like, oh, all this was for me. Yeah. Today, there's some of you that are going to step from death to life. And you're going to make the most important step ever, and that is the decision to follow Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Everybody look at me. Not your mom and dads, not your grandparents, not your aunt and uncles, your faith, your decision, your choice. Some of you are going to make that decision today. Others of you, today's going to be the day you've, you've been a believer you've never put on the uniform. Well, Mike, it feels weird. I'm a dad now, or I'm a granddad now, I'm a grandmom now, I'm a, I'm a mom now, or I'm in my 20s now. It just feels weird. Hey, listen, I get on this new team, I'm gonna be proud to wear that uniform. And for some of us today, we're gonna make that choice for us to put on that uniform. Would you pray with me? Father, as we prepped for the series months ago, we've prayed for today. I've prayed for this moment. I know how easy it is to just go, I'm just going to hang on to the end of the service and I'm going to get out. But for some of us, eternity hangs in the balance today of what we do with Jesus. God, there's just something about when we get it was for us. He died for me. He rose again for me. He did all this for me. It's just, it's just an ownership that's just different. Maybe today you say, Mike, I've never done that. I've gone to church, but I've never asked him to be my personal Lord and Savior. I'd love to lead you. And, and, and it's really not the words. It's just your, it's putting words to the cry of your heart. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus. Would you pray that with me, dear Lord Jesus? I believe you live for me. Jesus, I believe you died for me and my sins. Would you pray that back? And Lord Jesus, I believe you rose again just for me. Now come into my heart, Lord Jesus, to be my personal Lord and Savior today. If you prayed that prayer with me today, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Maybe though, there's a lot of you.
You've never worn the uniform and today's the day you're ready to go. Trade's been made. I want to be on team Jesus publicly. I'm already on the team. I just want to wear his uniform in front of my family and my friends. Father, give them strength, give them courage to do what you call them to do. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.